Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Welcome to a special episode of Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. My name is Kyle West, and I am joined by... Katie. Katie. Oh, Katie Harbin. Katie Harbin. It does make you sound posh. You're not... You're actually quite posh. I'm really not. (laughs) Your your public persona is quite posh. I'm like Mrs. Bouquet. Remember that show? No. Keeping up appearances? No. And she'd be like, oh, hello. Oh, God. Is that going to be you when you're older? I'm like it now. I don't think you're quite that bad yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a special episode. We promised people that we would be back um, with some, like, I guess, monthly specials. And it's been just over a month since our last uh, episode where we so reviewed the season finale. Here we are. Here we are indeed. Um, we are loving Discovery right now. People have asked us to give our thoughts on Discovery. So should we just do that now? Sure. How are you finding season three? We've seen the first five episodes at this point, so we've just watched Die Trying. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, by the way, in case we say anything for it. So oh, yeah. if you haven't seen up to the end of the fifth episode of Discovery season three, it's on you now. <laughs> if anything gets spoiled, <laughs> how are you finding this season? It's the bomb. The bomb. Yeah. How about you? It is the bomb. Oh, there we go. Which I think is even better. Yeah. Than the bomb. I told you I was posh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's the... Oof. I was going to say something then. You are... We're going to boldly go where no man has gone before. True. Possibly, because Maybe a lot of people like know. to throw hate at this. I was going to say it's the best opening five episodes to a season of Star Trek. Wow. Live action. That's really, really specific. So probably no one has been there before, but... No, I know. I yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. And <laughs> I think Picard might give it a run because mm. Picard's first five episodes were were brilliant but I don't think the old shows ever gave such a strong start to a season uh, Enterprise had a good start with its third season fourth season a bit let down I guess by Stormfront I think I can say it now I'm going to say it I think it's the best opening five episodes to a season of Star Trek ever we've seen the uh, the Voyager J so that's we, exciting that was exciting so we've seen that the USS Voyager got given the, the lineage of the letter it's very important that Got to be a special ship for that. A lot of people have pointed out that it being on the J when we know that the Enterprise was on the J in around the 26th century, I think Ent- Enterprise established, uh, implies that they were flying through Enterprises at a very quick rate compared to voyages. But I was thinking about several things. Given that the burn happened like 150 years before or something, it's very possible that the Voyager J is from then because it doesn't look like they've had starship building capabilities mm. really sorry if anyone you any crunching or anything by the way our, our cat is eating quite close to us and also you don't know if there were stops you don't know if like the voyager d was destroyed in some tragedy and so they didn't use the name for another hundred years or Maybe. something you know as i said to you last night though whilst i appreciated the voyager j at the time it was like a really big surprise because it's just odd seeing like seeing discovery now tie in 24th century star trek shows because obviously it couldn't before because it took place in the 23rd century. But it's really odd now that Xenom acknowledged Voyager. It really sort of 
uh, took me by surprise. But in hindsight, as I said to you yesterday, I think it should have been an enterprise that they saw because it would have given them that emotional connection to home. They would have seen that, you know, the Enterprise and Pike and Spock must have gone on to really good things for there to now be a Enterprise, I don't know, Q or whatever it would be. But I feel like that that was more for us, wasn't it, than than for them? Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying is that it didn't need to be a fanboy moment. It could have been one that worked for fans because we get to see another Enterprise and work within the story. But then there's still a chance. Maybe they will come across something in this new federation. Mm. That... It seems incredibly unlikely that the Enterprise is not going to show up, or an Enterprise. It's possible the en- that the Enterprise at the time blew up in the burn. Mm. But I've seen some people thinking now that the Vedrash isn't the Federation itself. And actually, because now they've hinted at the Federation, they think they've got other worlds and stuff. Mm. So maybe there's actually possibly multiple Federations out there, not realising that there are multiple ones. Yeah. And Vedrash might be one of them. And what if the Enterprise is with that one? Yeah, maybe. It's possible. Enterprise could be with that one. There could be an enemy of this federation that we're supporting. We could have Voyager against Enterprise. I'm loving it, though. I think the character work's been great. It's been quite episodic, hasn't it, as well? Mm. With the ongoing storyline, though. I Even think. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, I think they've mastered it this season, like the, mm. the single episodes. But they are every one of them's played into the greater whole. So I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I don't like it. I love it, as yeah. our son would say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going really well. So what have we been doing, Katie, whilst we haven't been on the air? What have we been doing? We've been settling in Wesley, our, new our cat. kitten, to his yeah. new home. You can yeah. hear him attacking my computer right now. Yeah, it's causing chaos, actually. Just as we're about to do stuff for the house, mm. like new sofas, decorating, he's coming and destroyed the curtains and sofas. So kind of like, let's wait. <laughs> Maybe six months. And Wesley then... hangs off the curtains like Tarzan. Swiping at our other cat yeah. who's just innocently trying to look out the windows. It's quite funny to look at, but when you when you see the damage to the curtains in the daylight, it, it is, is uh, significant. It's very, very significant. Uh, we had another lockdown because of COVID-19. Yeah. So we went through that two-week lockdown. Supposedly it for this year now in Wales. And coincided with half term, which was great. Mm. Well, it could have been worse if they'd done it afterwards. I could have had more time with our kids. <laughs> What a horrible thing that would have been, eh? <laughs> Terrible. I mean, nothing changed for me because I was just working. Same old, same old. Yeah. You got a new phone? I did, yeah. Yeah. New... I still haven't set it up, though. No, you got a new phone, though. That's exciting. Yeah. And I might be getting a new car. Mm. And I got FIFA 21. Mm-hmm. You can see where everyone's priorities are. Mm. I haven't played FIFA in like three years, so it's quite exciting for me. You don't appreciate that. But. I don't I don't get FIFA at all. Like, just even weirder that I went to school with Gareth Bale and I can just see my old schoolmate. Yeah, like, on the TV at night. Made out of CGI <laughs> on the TV. Like, it's just weird. He's in my team. He's actually, you know, he's a part of my team. So. Oh, nice guy. Yeah. So why are we here today? Well, guys, we are here for our first character study. And this week we're talking about Beckett Mariner. Of course. Our girl. Your girl. My queen. What did we watch her in the other day? Not her, but... Uh, Tawny Newsom we saw in uh, Space Force. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's really weird when you watch her in that because she's just got Mariner's voice, but obviously she looks different to Mariner. And she's so. totally... I mean, she's obviously like... She's a straight character on yeah, that. Like, very yeah, very straight. Whereas, yeah. yeah, she's not as bonkers as on. Yeah. The she's I don't like know really why. straight-laced. Because you see actors in different things all the time, but I think when you have someone who does voice work, 
for something and then you see them for the first time playing live it's a bit like whoa oh i was finding that you were really put out by it yeah i was like whoa what's going on here don't like it old tawny comfort zone <laughs> yeah destroyed we've never done a character study together i'm not even sure if you know what one is are you kidding? I'm an English teacher. So you do know what a character study is. I did so... one on Saturday, but okay. for little women, so slightly different. <laughs> Maybe we can find connections. Mm-hmm. Relevant themes. Feminism. Feminism. There we go. My favourite thing in the world. Ouch. I was being real. I'm all about it. I've got a daughter, don't you know? Well, you must know. You pushed her out. Sure do. Yeah. We're going to talk about everything we know about Mariner so far. Season one character study. So we found out quite a bit about Mariner. But in dribs and drabs, yeah, dribs and drabs, and we still can't connect all the dots. We don't know how old she is. She says she's close to Boimler's age, but Boimler, I think, has only been out of the academy for a year when the show takes place in 2380. So Boimler is probably only about 21 or 22 if he went into the academy at a normal age. So if she's that age, it's incredible that she has a friend who's got to captain and such. So I think straight up, we're gonna have to say that Mariner must be a minimum of 26. I'm going to more likely say she's about 28 yeah, or 29. So when Boimler says we're the same age, I think we're talking 20s. Mm. Same age, not like actual. Yeah, like specific. mid to late. Yeah, I think I think that's right. So we know she has parents who are high ranking in Starfleet. She had an admiral who is her father. We don't know the admiral's name. No. We don't know if Mariner is using his surname. But then we also have Captain Freeman, who's the captain of the Cerritos that Mariner serves on now. And their relationship is not good, certainly at the start of the season anyway. We don't really know what her relationship with her dad is. I imagine it's probably not as strained as the one with her Mm. and her mum because there's something really personal there. But her dad does seem to be really pleased that Mariner is not his issue. Yeah, he kind of really did just pass her on to, yeah. to Carol. Which he makes passed me th- the parenting book. Yeah, it makes me think that he probably was more hands-on for a little bit. Maybe. She doesn't really talk about her dad much. She talks about like how she was going out with an alien to piss off her mum and stuff when she was growing up. So it sounds like her real thing has been trying to piss off mummy, not daddy, which mm-hmm. makes me think that it probably was mummy around more. Mm. And daddy, if he's an admiral, he's off doing other stuff. But I'm curious. We don't know how she grew up. We don't know if her mum and dad were serving together before significant promotions. We don't know where Mariner was. She obviously was with them, though, to be able to talk about. Um, I think that's what's given her such a solid grounding in Starfleet is that she's obviously grown up around it. So it's mm. it's not like Boimler seems to be something that he's learned and studied. But for her, it's like second nature, isn't it? Yeah. And in the Academy, we found out that she was like top of her class, mm. her whole class, the whole Academy year, believed that she was going to be the first to get to captain, which didn't happen, unfortunately for her. We don't actually know how high she got in the ranks, though. No. But she's definitely proven that she could make a very good captain Mm. if she so set her mind to it. We'll come on to that in a bit as well, because, yeah, she's definitely shown herself to be more than capable as a captain. Mm. Better than her mum, really, I think we've seen. Just maybe lets her emotions get in the way. Yes, she's a little bit... She reminds me of you once a week. Yeah, my god, Sorry, one week. She reminds me of you one week a month. Oh, right, okay. That's not what I... I just meant all the time. Well, I wanted to say that, but I thought... No, I just meant like... I don't mean it in that way. I just... I mean, I like to strive to achieve, but I'm also a very emotional person. Oh, yeah. I thought you just meant like outbursts and rage. Oh, well, I relate to Marilyn on many levels. (laughs) So we know that 
by the time she's on the Cerritos, Mariner says in the first episode of the show, Second Contact, she says that she's served on five ships. So if we assume that the Cerritos is the fifth, then she'd been on four ships before that. We don't have any reason to believe that she was thrown around from ship to ship. So that would suggest that she was around for a while. So again, placed in her late 20s, I think. And we saw her get her friend get like eaten by that alien in, um, when they were at Deep Space Nine on the Keto. That's enough to traumatize a woman. Um, but yeah, the um, the Keto is where things seem to have gone wrong. It was the ship before, or we'd like to believe it was the ship before the Cerritos. Anyway, she was on the Keto a year before this show started because she mentions in the first episode that she was there for the first contact with the Galadonians when she served on the Keto. Now, it's possible that whatever happened on the Keto that got her demoted and that she was thrown around other ships in between that and the Cerritos. Mm -hmm. Because I thought at the end of the first episode when Captain Freeman is having a whinge to her husband, the Admiral, about her, almost it felt like Mariner hadn't been on the ship all that long. But So maybe she has been thrown around a few ships, I don't know. Maybe. But something obviously went wrong. For the Academy to think that, everyone in the Academy to think that she was going to be captain and she seemed to be doing fine. What do we think happened that made her lose all faith in senior officers? And I don't know. I think it's really like typical of what she's been doing during uh, season one, just in general. She's really like, what's the word? She's she's kind of by the book, but then also not by the book. Like she she would much rather break the rules in order to have success in a certain area, like saving people's lives or whatever. Whereas if by the book... The captain had to make the same decision. She would probably just stick to the rules. I reckon she's done something a little bit unorthodox. Definitely. Maybe hasn't gone her way entirely. Or maybe it, it even did, but that Starfleet weren't happy with her mm. decision making. I think is the root cause of it is definitely from her doing something in a way that she shouldn't have been doing it. Mm. And whatever it was, it can't have been big enough for her to get kicked out mm. of Starfleet. Or at least... Her dad's done a good job of keeping it under the radar if it, if it was. Um, we know she spent loads of time in the brig on the Quito and other ships, so she must have been a bit of a troublemaker. But yeah, I, th- I think she was higher ranking and she's done, she did something in a way she shouldn't. I and mean, yeah, like you said, maybe it did work out, but she pissed someone off along the way doing it. Mm. Like but, like when she was given that, I can't remember the name of the species in particular, but she was giving them farming tools. Yeah, the Galadonians, yeah, first episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. That clearly was not to Starfleet's liking. Because she saw the bureaucracy and yeah. and Federation getting in the way, which makes me think she must have witnessed that previously. Mm. So I think there's an interesting story there still to tell. I do believe that Mike McMahon knows what oh, it yeah. was. I don't yeah. think Oh no, he wouldn't. That... I don't think he'd be able to build such a strong character without knowing. Yeah, I think already. He, yeah, he definitely knows. We know that she has met Will Riker at some point along the way because it it almost seems like mates. they go back. They're mates, yeah. He she's done him a few favors, we find out. In the season one finale. He supplies uh, her with contraband. Yeah, so um, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And it, it raises the obvious question of, has she served with him to be that involved? Because Riker was like on the Enterprise and then he was on the Titan. So for her to have so much involvement with him, in that same season finale, we find out that Riker used to, uh, he took Captain Freeman under his wing to, to train her up much in the way that Mariner did for Boimler. So you've got to assume that... Freeman and Riker served together. So wherever they were, then Mariner must have been mm. as well, either as, as a child or or whatever. So they could know each other that way. Or it's possible that Mariner has served on the Titan 
or more likely the Enterprise. Mm. Now, Boimler makes a comment in the season about someone thinking they're so good because they served on the Enterprise for like one minute. Mariner doesn't say anything, but it strikes me that Mariner potentially wouldn't say anything No. if she'd been on the Enterprise, because if that's where the best of the best go, her whole reputation is almost mm. an image is based on not being that person. so It's uh, also not her style to throw it in Boimler's face. No. Even though like she does like to wind him up. She yeah. knows that that would destroy him. Yeah. Do we think she's potentially done time on the Enterprise? Maybe. That'd be a nice, nice little twist. See the Enterprise E. Now, she's done... Wherever she was serving, she's had a few missions. She's mentioned sentient caves. She was stuck in a mm. sentient cave for weeks, apparently. And that seemed to really, like... Mess her up because those caves knew things. Um, she's been in a Klingon prison. So, I mean, that, if that was Rue Repent there, I'd love to know what she's done to get there. She obviously and how she escaped. got out. Yeah, yeah, she, how she got out. Kirk was allegedly the first person to escape Rue Repent there until we discovered that Archer actually ended up doing it a hundred years before. But mm. maybe Mariner was the third Starfleet officer to. Uh, to escape whatever rank she had before she's definitely like been involved in important missions mm. so let's talk about on the cerritos she tells her friend when she's asked you know what what happened why are you no longer wanting to be a captain and she says oh no i'm just trying to figure out my own shit basically why have i got to be focused on promotion why can't i just find out who i am and isn't that just like such a good thing of the whole world these days like you bump into someone you haven't seen from school and they're like what are you up to now? They don't want to know like how happy you are or like how your kids are doing. They want to know what you're doing with your life for a career. Mm-hmm. And you feel this pressure to be like, oh, I'm really high flying. Um, You? And they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm uh, this, this. Like just goes to show like nothing changes. That's always how mm. it is. And even for Mariner. Well, but Mariner's Starfleet. really responsible. She is, yeah. And Starfleet, well, Star Trek through Starfleet has always kind of shown us that no one has these doubts really they just they're going to become a Starfleet officer and that's it you get some people who get kicked out of the academy or drop out but generally it's presented to us as all our characters knew what they were going to do and that's how they've done it and if they're in the marquee then it's because they got they left Starfleet to do it or they got booted out of Starfleet so it's nice to see someone who's yeah taking my time I'm having a gap year kind of thing yeah yeah she's just taking a gap year and it's nice because that's what we all want to say sometimes Oh, I'm just, you know, waiting to see how things pan out, but then people will jump on you for that. Mm, absolutely. We found out that she likes contraband, Romulan whiskey. Her and Riker have sorted some Batleth. things out. Yeah, the Batleth, which made an appearance in the first and last episode of the season. It had, like, Full dried bloodstains on it in the end of the season, though, which I don't think were there in the first <laughs> one. So was that Boimler's blood on the Batleth? Oh, God, or? I didn't think of that. I just assumed she'd done something else with it in the meantime. I mean, that's possible. That is possible, yeah. I do love that like, it all connected together. Like Her just randomly having to hide that contraband and then suddenly in the season finale, she's just knocking cupboards and all things open. <laughs> her mum's reaction to it is just fantastic. She's like, how much contraband have you got on my ship? <laughs> like, a captain's them. supposed to know what's going on on her ship and she just has no clue. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's getting punished for as well, wasn't it? At the end of that mm. episode when her mum suddenly went straight again. It was like, you're getting done now for yeah. <laughs> illegal contraband. She's really about like her gang, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Her friends. She doesn't tell anyone about who her mum is, whether that's anything to do with the different surname that she has. And, but Raiko calls her Mariner. So presumably she hasn't just had this name whilst on the Cerritos, at least. So it's not like it's just a cover with her mum. 
I wonder if previously she's struggled to have friends and such because her mum and dad were high-ranking, because she has a real thing about her gang, Mm. her friends. She's fiercely loyal, isn't she? She is, and she doesn't want them to know who her her mum is. And you just feel like maybe when she was growing up, if her mum was at that point a commanding officer or her dad was probably a captain... People probably watch themselves around her and things like that, mm. um, as they as you would in a school if your parent is like the head teacher. Yeah, you know, people are going to be a bit more different with you. For Mariner, she just wants to be one of the guys. Yeah, it feels like she just doesn't want them to know her past. She just wants to be one of them. Yeah, she and just anyone wants who... to get along with everything like a normal person, I guess. And her reaction when Boimler is promoted to lieutenant <laughs> and put on the Titan, like she's betrayed that someone's left her gang. Yeah, she's outraged at it more so than you'd think she would be actually maybe like it's an emotional reaction maybe we're wrong maybe she didn't spend that much time with her parents when she was younger and she has like abandonment Mm. issues or something i did think that initially when the show started that she Mm. had been kind of like left because some people who don't have a strong family connection make family out of their friends don't they they say don't they your friends are the family that you choose Mm. and that i think it really applies to her because she doesn't feel that close to her family, so her friends are her family. Well, think what's happened to her. She's mentioned the Klingon prison, the being yeah. stuck in the caves, uh, all those bits and pieces. She's got, like, scars all over her. Imagine you're a little girl growing up, and her parents are in command positions, high levels, even if they're not the captain. They're the ones getting trapped in caves for weeks or going to Klingon prison or stuff mm. like that. And how does a little kid deal with the fact that their parent suddenly isn't around and may not be coming back? And actually, that's happening almost once or twice a month. I've just thought of something. Maybe she's been trapped in sentient caves or she's been in a Klingon prison as a result of her parents' jobs, which is why she rejects them or or Starfleet. Some of that could have happened due to... She could have been younger when... We assume when she says those things that that's happened whilst she's been grown up. It could be like all the scars and emotional problems that she has could be a result of her parents being such high-ranking Starfleet officers, whether it's directly or indirectly. That would be a good twist, wouldn't it? Mm. That would be a really good twist, like if all those things happened to her just when she was like underage. When like she... it's your mum's fault you you got stuck in a Klingon prison or whatever. Yeah. Ooh, juicy. That would almost explain a bit easier how she was even in the situations as well, because yeah. as an officer, would she have been in some of those situations? Mm. But if she's a kid coming along with mummy or daddy on a mission, I could see suddenly these things happen. Maybe she like she makes jokes about it now and presents herself as a real badass, which I do think she is a badass, but maybe she presents herself as even more of a badass because she can be like, oh yeah, I was in a Klingon prison. But actually, she was a scared little kid in a Klingon prison. Hmm. She is worried about her image. Do you remember when she got the Ferengi to help her out with Boimler and she pretended she thought the, that the Ferengi mm. was a Bolian? Mm-hmm. And then she said, don't, don't tell anyone. Because she did that for Boimler, but then Boimler mm. told everyone. And she hated that her reputation was being, mm. like, pissed all over. So I think it matters to her what people think, in the sense that not that they think she's the daughter of the captain, but it matters to her that people think she's cool, which yeah. maybe no one did before. And people, I mean, she was right. People did treat her differently once they found out that she was oh, yeah. the captain's daughter. They people leave her alone. <laughs> people were coming to her asking if she could do this, do that. Do we think maybe that is why she made these changes? Maybe early out, maybe she started off as like a cadet in the field. And so she was on mummy's ship or daddy's ship and they knew who she was and they'd always come to her. Maybe just pissed her off. Maybe that's why she changed, went with a different Even name. Shax bought her a batleth, didn't he? Shax came with, a, <laughs> with another batleth, yeah. <laughs> like everyone was probably sucking up. She saves the day a lot, does Mariner. Now, some fans hate this. I'm going to just point something out. A lot of these same fans don't have a problem when James Kirk saves the day all the time, or or Spock might save the day a lot, or Captain Picard, or Will Riker, or Sisko, or Archer. 
Wait a second. Something. I identify a theme. Yes, there is a particular theme here, is that whether these people like to admit it or not, they only seem to have an issue when it is a female who's saving the day a lot. Because Janeway has had similar criticisms before for being nuts, being psycho, and yet other captains have been very the same as her. No, no one calls Picard a psycho for his behaviour in the first Contact movie, for example, when you could easily say he was more driven and psycho there than Jane ever was. It's based on sexism. She doesn't save the day all the time. People talk about how she creates the problems and then she's the one who saves them. That doesn't happen mm. a lot on the show. I can't even think of a time when it really has properly happened. Yes, she saves the day because she is... The analogy of thing is like Harrison likes to use his one main Pokemon on his game. So his one starter Pokemon becomes super strong and it can beat anyone, but his other team is not very strong. He's meant to be fighting level 20s, but he's actually level 40 at this point himself when he shouldn't be. And I think Mariner's like that. She's like an ensign. She's not meant to be able to do all the things that she does, but that's because she is actually super qualified overqualified for her role now. But if people took the time, because I was going to say another thing all those people have in common is that they are high-ranking officers. So taking the criticism of Janeway, how dare you, aside. That's a hint, guys, because none of you have heard her first trek yet. So yeah. our new podcast, Katie has watched some Voyager now. Mm. So that was a hint then about what you think of Janeway. Yeah, like don't. They are all like higher ranking officers. So you might say like, how can this nobody do all of these things that even the captain and everyone else hasn't thought of? But if you just watch it closely or just listen to the podcast, Mm. you will realize that she is more than able to do it. She just doesn't want to. She just doesn't want the name for herself. When she switches it on, she does it. We saw it in the season finale when Freeman was, I need you to take charge now. I need you to come up with an idea that would actually piss me off. Yeah. And she's like, well, I can't. She's like, no, come on. And then flicks a switch. All right, do this, do that. I actually think Marin is a fantastic Starfleet officer. You said before that you'd love her in your girl squad. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, I would love her in my girl squad. I think we we would like that for different reasons, though. Mm. What What do you do with your girl squad? I don't know. Not what like I want to... go shopping and... Oh, yeah, not what I would do with wine my... and... There'd be wine in my girl squad as well. But a different outcome, probs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite a lot of wine and... Oh. Oh, my. No, I meant, actually, I just think Marin's cool. She'd be a cool friend. Oh, she'd be a wicked friend. Imagine mm. taking her down the pub. Yeah. Oh, God, she'd drink me under the table. I'd be done. But then also, she'd still maintain, like, a level of cool that I just couldn't after the amount of alcohol that she would be consuming. Just to loop back around, if you have an issue with Mariner saving the day all the time, but don't with all those other heroes in Trek who do it a lot more than Mariner. Mariner's only had 10 bloody episodes of Trek. We've seen other people save the day 170 times. Then I think your problem is with Mariner's gender. Take a look at yourself. Yes. Let's talk about relationships then for Mariner. Her relationship with Mummy. We kind of discussed the start of it, but let's talk about where it ended up at the end of the season. They've kind of agreed now that Freeman is starting to see the world the way Mariner does, in that Federation policy, Starfleet policy, actually can create problems rather than fix them. It made the Packlids into a, a serious threat. They lost a whole crew because of it. Cerritos probably had quite a number of deaths as well. So her and Mariner have agreed now that she's going to let Mariner start doing some off-the-books kind of things, but Freeman's going to offer her cover. She's going to be like her, her shield and all that. So it seems to have ended in a good place. Do we think that's going to hold? I'd like to say yes. I feel like they've got past a lot of it, but who knows if something comes up from the past is going to... Or maybe Mariner will go too far. And That's the thing, I think, her going too in. far. Because I think Freeman is still ultimately focused about her own career. Mm. So... If her career starts to get jeopardised, I think there could be an issue And there. thinking about it, 
that's actually kind of a little shitty of her mum because she's kind of using her for ideas and she's going to be taking the credit for them whilst if yeah. Mariner does something wrong she can be like oh well it was her idea yeah Freeman's got everything to gain yeah but Mariner has nothing to gain no apart from her apart- mum's and self-satisfaction yeah i guess and her mum's um approval approval which she probably does want because you always have that anyone yeah. who's rebelling against their parent they know it's normally because they they want their parents approval her relationship with boimler then I'm really super glad they didn't make it into anything romantic Mm -hmm. because that's where I thought it was going to go at the start. But they've just got a really tutor or mentor, mentee relationship, but also like big sister, little brother Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, it is is a sister-brother relationship, isn't it? Maybe it could head towards romance eventually. I don't see it myself. I also don't think they want to go that way, the writers. I think they like to keep it different. The relationship is clearly Tendy and Rutherford. Yeah. Or at least it was until he lost his... Cyborg implants and oh, that became sad. old Rutherford again. Do you know we should all live our lives like Tendy does, though? She was so positive about the fact that he'd lost his memory. She was like, we can become best friends all over again. Yeah, Tendy wouldn't sit at a keyboard having a bitch <laughs> she on Twitter. She would not. She would find the positives. I think she ignores negatives. They don't exist. In romance, then, we know that she went on a date with that guy, uh, was it Ensign Levy or something, in mm. the finale she mentioned, but... Didn't go any further because he believes in a lot of conspiracies. Didn't he say the Dominion War never happened? <laughs> when you watch the rest of DS9, you'll understand why that was a funny joke. Mike McMahon has since come out and said that actually Manor is bisexual, mm-hmm. um, but they just never really presented it on screen as, uh, not aggressively, but I'll use that word, but as aggressively as they should. Wasn't um, it supposed to be that she had some kind of connection with that person that Boimler was seeing? People took the end of that episode when they were planned to meet up that actually Mariner was going to end up going on a date with Boimler's ex-girlfriend. I didn't um, get that vibe at all. Mike McMahon, for anyone who doesn't know that, is his creator and showrunner. Uh, he says that Mariner had a thing with her friend who was came the over captain as captain. One. Yeah, so in, he says that in the Academy they would have been hooking up. Um, I can kind of see that one. Mm, that yeah. one I can. He says in the new season they are much more clearer about where she stands. Um, so we're looking forward to some romance for Mariner then down the line. I think she deserves it. I think she does. I'd like to see that Academy friend back. Hmm. She's obviously interested in Ransom. Her and yeah, Ransom that was so funny. are definitely going to rage shag at some point. Yeah, That's going to happen. That actually brings you on to, uh, I guess, the, the best bits. Uh, one of my favourite bits for Mariner was when she was in locked in that little cell and Ransom was out fighting that big giant alien. Mm. And he's shirtless and just kicking ass and she was getting horny watching him. Yeah. I thought that was so brilliant that she was so into it. She was digging it. Yeah. yeah that's one of my best bits. She was so open about it. Yeah. You said to me, don't steal your best yeah. bit. So before I say anything more, what's your best bit for Mariner? Um, my favourite bit. Uh, the whole series for Mariner is when her and Ransom are having that argument at the end and they're oh, in yeah, the med yeah. bay and she kicks over the tray. Same episode. And she's actually. like screaming at him and she just goes absolutely psycho. In that moment, I'm like, yeah, we've all been Mariner at one point. I'm going to bathe in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved her fight scenes. I thought she had some really good oh, fights. yeah. The one with Boyman's girlfriend was a good fight. Mm. Uh, we've seen her kick ass in several episodes. So those are probably my favourite moments altogether. Whenever she shows her attitude, when she's like, jokes on you, I love the brig. Stuff like that is just, it's just perfect. 
shouldn't give a shit. You're no. right. That that moment when she kicked off a security <laughs> to go to sick bay, that was that was proper psycho. I loved it. Like you wouldn't want her to be your ex girlfriend. Oh my god, no! She be would bathe in your blood. Yeah, she, she would. She be would a turn nutter. into like mariner badgie hybrid. Oh my god! Was, <laughs> be like, awesome. I'm gonna wear your skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine that? I can see the similarities already. I know. I reckon Rutherford based badgie <laughs> on mariner. <laughs> what do you think the future holds for Mariner going into season two? She's lost her friend. She is working closer with her mum. Well, Boyman's in the new season. Yeah. As is the Titan and Will Riker. But apparently they're not going to just reset it, at least not right away. So she's going to have more to do, I think, with Tendi and such. But is everything going to work out for her? I hope so. And how do you feel about Mariner, generally speaking? I think she's a great character. The show wouldn't be the same without her. I know you love her. I love her on the show. There was a, a time in my life where I would have been identifying with Boimler because mm. he's the... A typical uh, lead male, you know, but now I, I, I'm not like that at all anymore. You know, I, I often associate more closely with the female characters on, on I TV thought he and film. was going to be the main character. Boimler. Yeah, mm. when we saw the trailers and stuff. Whatever anyone says, they're not an ensemble. The four characters are not equal. No. It is Mariner at the top, Boimler oh, just no. below, and then Rutherford and Tendy at like an equal yeah. level below them, which is fine. That's all right. That's an all right mm. dynamic to have. I think Mariner makes the show. I think Tony, Tony is so good. Yeah. With the voice work. God, I, I can't wait to get her at a Trek convention so I can just meet her. You will be an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, I'll just close my eyes and I'll be like, just talk to me, Tony. You're going to turn talk to jelly. Me. Give me Mariner's voice, please. Presented by Holosuite Media, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast, is produced and hosted by Kyle West and myself, Katie Harbin. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Blast Shield, be sure to follow Blast Shield up on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join Holosuite Media's community discussion group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we will see you there. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. He had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny <laughs> because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos for. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starpod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science. And that was cool because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Holosuite preview program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but 
it could, yeah. Do it, we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to know. Just some bit of self-stealing, self-stealing stem bolts. Yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And Somebody wants them. Because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.